Would you close your eyes with me all across this place? Just for just a moment, I'd ask you just no looking around. Just focus in on right now. Last week is over. We're not promised next week. So let's just focus. Put away every distraction in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. And right now where you stand, as God's breath fills your lungs, whatever you walked in here with, his breath fills you. Allow it to do that right now. And just in your own way, would you just ask him, God, speak to me. God, say a personal word to me today. Not just to the whole church, but to me today. Use this moment, Father. Touch us. Speak to us. A personal word. Thank you that your presence lives in our praises. And so, God, today we choose above everything to praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a round of applause and a hand clap? Praise the Lord. You may be seated, and immediately would you go to your program and pull out that note sheet? I believe it's blue. There's a portion of scripture we want to go right into it without any distraction of what that worship song did to us as we lift up God. He lifts us up, and he brings us to this place. Morning, it's great to have you here today. My name is Cal, one of the pastors on the team, and I'm really looking forward to what God has to say to us today about not stopping short. So we want to walk right into the, uh, uh, to the Word. On your note sheet, there's a scripture. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. So let me give you the context uh, of this. And so maybe you know, maybe you don't, but we're the church. The building's not the church, amen? We, we could be meeting anywhere today. We could be in a warehouse. We could be in a shopping mall. We could be, in, but when we're together, we're the church. And so in this context of Ephesians 3, Paul, the apostle, who was very instrumental in beginning the church, as Jesus called him to be an apostle, to start the church. Very instrumental in raising up leaders. And at this point, he's in Ephesus, and he's praying specifically for the church. And you'll see in this prayer, this is a prayer we're going to read. Now, it's one thing when I pray for you. It's another thing when someone close to you prays for you. But when the apostle Paul is praying for you, that's some sincere business. Amen? And, and you'll see that this prayer transcends from generation to generation. It's not just a first century prayer. God chose by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to allow it to be in the Word so it will penetrate you today. Are you ready? Look at your notes and let's read. It's on the screen if you don't happen to have notes. So I want to personalize it to you and you'll see what I mean by that. He starts off and he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father. The creator of everything in heaven and on earth. That's what we were just singing about, right? I pray to that father. He says in verse 16, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you, Crossroads Church. 
He will empower you. Now, I want, insert, I want you as I'm reading this, I'm going to say Crossroads Church every time we hear the word you. I want you to write on top of your notes or say it to yourself, your name. Because it, it's you, okay? Crossroads Church, your name, Lydia. Your name, Jenny. I want you to put there. I want you to personalize this prayer so it's not just some Bible verse we're reading. It's a prayer that's penetrating your spirit. Are you with me? So let's, let's go. He says, I want to empower you. That God's unlimited resources at the end of verse 16 will empower you, crossroads, with inner strength. Would you underline those two words? Inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you, crossroads, trust in him. Your roots, crossroads church, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Circle the word strong. And may you, Crossroads Church, have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience, Crossroads Church, the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you, Crossroads Church, will be made complete with all the fullness of life. And power that comes from God. Underline that last sentence. All the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all, to, all glory to God who is able. Say that with me. Who is able. Don't sound too convinced. Come on. Who is able. Preach it with me. Through his mighty power at work within us, the church, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in Crossroads Church and in every church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Say it with me. Amen. Come on, say it like you mean it. Amen. You know what amen means? So be it. So be it in this me. What This is awesome specifically. Write this on your notes. Paul is praying that we, the church, you would be people of strength. And people of power, what does that mean? That you would be warriors, that you would walk without fear, that you would walk with the confidence that God's power is, is working in you, in your inner strength, that there's nothing, absolutely nothing that you need to fear. What an incredible prayer that we would have the fullness of God, that we would walk not just on Sunday morning, but every day with the fullness of God. And then he closes this prayer with that thought that we as the church would, would be able to do an infinitely, immeasurably more than we can think or we can ask. Now listen, I have an amazing imagination. How about you? I can think about all. I'm a visionary. So when he says that we could do more than we can think or ask, that's, at, that's dangerous for me. Because I can think about a lot of things out there, but he's given us the ability to do more than you can think or than you can ask. And I, I, I'm here today to, to, to encourage you not to stop short, but that we walk in this. Because this is an incredible prayer, wouldn't you say? Incredible prayer. And it's a prayer of high expectations, almost like the warriors have tomorrow night. <laughs> high expectations. Up three, it's tomorrow night, they're home. Aren't you expecting them to win? Except for this guy. Aren't you expecting them to win? Okay? Aren't you? It's a high expectation game. Listen, church, that's the way you and I are to live our daily life. 
with the expectation that the power of God is working through you, operating through you, living inside of you. Now, in all honesty, let's get this down to where we live. In all reality, where we really live, if you look at this prayer and you look at the church today in America, there's a huge difference. Come on, really? Huge difference. And you might want to actually write the word huge big. (laughs) Huge difference. The church has no influence in America today. The only influence we see is coming through politics, and that just kind of makes you sick. Or or, or pro sports, and it's like, wait a minute, there's got to be more influence than an athlete or a musician or an entertainer or even a politician. Where's the church's influence when we read a prayer like this? In other words, what Paul prayed for is not what most people are living. Wouldn't you agree? Maybe most people right here in this building, we're not living this prayer. Our inner strength, power, and and the strength to go forth infinitely and immeasurably more than I can think or imagine or ask for. Where's that strength on Monday morning when I can't get up? Where's that strength on Wednesday when the project that I'm going is just kind of going south? Where is that strength when my marriage is kind of like hanging on threads? My finances aren't where they need to be. My kid, I don't even know where they are. They won't speak to me. Where is that strength when life hits us in the face? Now, I would say today, the problem is not in Paul's prayer. That's a pretty sincere prayer. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would also say the problem is not with God. Amen. He's got no power shortage there. He's the same God yesterday, today, come on, and forever. He created everything we see, everything we know. The problem's not there. So I would suggest that the problem's with us. You and I, the church. The problem doesn't lie in the building. It's not because the building's too big, too small, too hot, too cool, too Somebody think, some of us may think that the problem is that the music's too loud. That's not the problem. The problem is we don't necessarily believe this prayer. We stop short in walking in this type of power. We're, we're not experiencing inner strength. We're not experiencing the inner peace. There are more Christians today. There are more people today with anxiety and worry and, and, and on all kinds of places in their head. And they don't see God clearly. They're not seeing life clearly because we're not walking in the fullness of God. And that's what Paul, not Cal, not Pastor Paul, but the Apostle Paul prayed for you and I. That we'd walk in this fullness. But friends, we've stopped short. Now listen. I look in this room today, in this service, and there's some Steph Currys in this room. (laughs) I mean, what do I mean by that? You have stepped up, and you are in it, man. You are playing the game. There's some clay. There's some Splash Brothers in this room today. I mean, you're not on the bench. You're on the court, and you're going after it. And, you know, I know that if you're keeping up with the series, that Steph hadn't had the greatest series, but he stepped up the other night, didn't he? And some of you have done that, and you're walking in it, but for the most of us, come on, let's get real here. The Christian life for many of us in this room, the Christian life for many people who call themselves Christ followers in this culture is wrapped around one hour on a Sunday or a Saturday night. 
one hour. And realistically, are your toes ready? You know what I mean by that, don't you? I'm getting ready to step on them. Because realistically, especially if you, this, this is going to apply to some of you, you're not even here on time. So it's not even an hour. It's, it's, not, it's not sincere. Oh, I'll, I'll get there when I get there. I, I don't necessarily have to get into the worship part of it, the, you know, the music part, because we're not, we're not even sincere about what it is that we're doing when we actually do it. And we're just wrapping our whole livelihood. We're, wrap, we're trying to live in that prayer on one hour every weekend. And most of us can't find time to get into the Word. We, we don't find time to worship on ourselves. We're, we're not, when's the last time you crawled on the floor before God and just prayed because you didn't know what else to do? When's the last time you did that because you knew what to do, but you just wanted to praise your heavenly Father? We're wrapping this whole thing around one hour on the weekend. And I'm not sure we can live in that prayer because the rest of the week, six and three-quarter days, we're in stress. We're in survival mode. We're barely making it, aren't we? I mean, we're running like a chicken with heads cut, especially in the Silicon Valley. I mean, we are going crazy with overwhelming. I mean, everything is just hanging on the threads. And then we're trying to fill our life with activities and, and entertainment. And, and, and that even makes us busier. So therefore, now the average person only comes to church not one hour a week, but one hour every. This, this is average, not you, but average. One hour every three weeks. How are we going to walk into this prayer? Paul didn't pray this prayer for you and I to to just survive. Wouldn't you agree? Paul didn't pray this prayer so we could just barely make it and and, and get to heaven with with shredded clothes and say, oh, God, I just barely mow. Listen, heaven is not your destiny. Some of you go, well, where else am I going? No, heaven is your destination. Your destiny is right here. God put you and I here to live a mission for him right on earth. And it's your destiny. It's what you were born for, to represent what we just prayed for on earth. You have a purpose. You have a mission. Not just me because I'm up here on the platform. You have a purpose. You have a mission. You have a part to play in the kingdom of God. And Paul is praying that for each and every one of us, not just people with REV in front of their name or who can play a guitar and sing on a platform. No, for people who go to work and go to school and go into the education building and go to the grocery store and go to the post office. There's a mission there for your life. And Paul prayed this prayer. Look at your neighbor and said, you have a mission. Come on, look at your neighbor this morning. Tell him, you have a mission. And it's not wrapped around just one hour. It's wrapped around your whole identity of who you are in Christ. Are you with me, church? That's why Romans chapter 12, it's not in your notes, but on the screen, verse 11, Paul said to the Romans, never give up. Some of us have given up. We've given up. We just, we're just going through the motions of life, going to work to get the money, to buy the bread so we can go back to work, to go to work, to get the money, to buy the bread, to get the energy so we can go back to work. That's what we're doing. We're just going through the motions. And Paul said, no, 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 eagerly, eagerly follow the Holy Spirit and eagerly serve the Lord. So I want to I take you 
today on a journey. I want to show you a picture in the Old Testament that I think you're familiar with. How many of you, as a kid or recently or whatever, you're pretty familiar with the Ten Commandments that, you know, Carlton Heston leading the people of Hollywood out of, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I want to show you a picture today of Old Testament picture to relate to New Testament theology. I'm going to use these stools to do this. And I think it's going to, it's going to sear something in your head, and you're never going to forget this. I'm, that's my prayer. That says I was preparing for this. This, this. this chair, this stool, this in your notes, this chair, write it down. This represents Egypt. Now, remember Egypt, the children of God? This is, this is today. This is the world. That's what this chair represents, the world, Egypt. I mean, you can be in here so long. Some of us are here right now. We're, we're in Egypt. We're in the world. We walk like Egyptians. We talk like Egyptians. We think like Egyptians. And we think that's cool. I mean, we do. We think that's cool. We, we dress like the world. We act like the world. We're in the world. We, there's not much difference. So when the world looks at some of us in the church, they're going, what's the difference? You, you got just as much anger as I do. You got just as much stress as I do. You why am I supposed to follow you? That's that's what this represents. This is bondage. Are you with me? This chair, so if that's that's Egypt, what would this be? For those of you who know your Bible a little bit, they crossed the line to get here. What was the line? The Red Sea. Remember? Moses opened up the Red Sea through the power of God. This is the wilderness. This This is where they came in the wilderness. Now, Listen, the wilderness is not a place of punishment. It's a place of preparation. Because if you look at this well, you're like, okay, why didn't God just take them from there to here? Because this is what? The promised land. This is the promised land. This is the land that flows with milk and honey. This is, remember, we're showing you an Old Testament picture of New Testament theology and Paul's prayer. This, friends, is the fullness of God. This is living in the power and the strength of God in his promises because his promises are true for you and for me that we can walk in. So why didn't we just go from here to here? No, no, no. This is a place of preparation. This is a place that we have to learn and understand where your identity rests and what it is that God's will is for you and what God wants you to purpose for your life and the mission of your life so that when you walk into this promised land, you're walking in promises without doubt, no confusion, and the confidence of your identity of who you are in Christ. Jesus. Are you with me? Here's the problem. What took them, should have taken them about a month here, took them 40 years. You can stay here as long as you like and never get there. That may be the problem today. Listen, listen, a whole generation died here. Came out of here, but never got here and died here. A whole generation. And I would almost say that history may be repeating itself right now in America. There are a lot of people who claim to be Christ followers dying right here. And never walking into the promises of God. Never fulfilling the promises of God. Never even sensing that the fullness of God is with them. Why? Because this chair, this is comfortable. I can just be me here. I I don't have to do anything. 
I don't have. But see, there was a line to cross here too. Do you guys remember that line? This first line was what? The Red Sea. Then Joshua, Moses died in here, never got here. Joshua took over. You remember? You know your story. And right here, they're standing, and they're looking in the promised land, but they're standing at another line, another physical barrier called the Jordan River. And it was at flood stage. And for many of us, our life is at flood stage, and we can't even see this place. And we're stopping short. We're not crossing the line that God wants you to cross to get in. Are you with me, church? So today, I want to give you four reasons why we don't get here. Because this is a land. This, we call it dub nation. This is a nation God wants you to live in right here. Okay? He wants you to be there. I want you to always remember the prayer that Paul gave us. I want you to always go back to the prayer that Paul prayed for you. He prayed it for you. Look at your neighbor. Say, he prayed that prayer for you. Come on. Cooperate with me. Preach it with me. For you. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just the people that in the first century. It wasn't just the apostles or the disciples. He prayed that prayer, and it goes down from generation to generation. How many of you want to get here today? Come on. How many of you want to live here? Not just get there, but live there and not stop short here. See, I'm tired of being here, aren't you? Some of us are still here. And we got to go all the way to the third chair. So there's four reasons we stop short. And it's, it's really kind of the way I'm going to word it is, let me just give it to you. Number one, the reason we don't go here is because this is the land of the unknown. This is the land of the unknown. When Joshua stepped into this role, Moses has died. Joshua was being called up. God spoke to him, and you can go back and just write this on your notes because I'm going to quote a few things in Joshua, in the book of Joshua. And you can go back and look this week with some Bible study tools or whatever, or just in your personal devotions. Joshua was told, hey, Moses is dead. But in Joshua chapter 1 and Joshua chapter 2, about five or six times, God spoke to Joshua because he's seen all this. He was, all, he was here. Are you with me? And he says these words to Joshua about five or six times. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. Be strong and courageous. I'm with you. Be, and he just repeats that. And I kept thinking, why would you repeat that to somebody if you didn't have fear? Joshua, the great warrior, Joshua, stood here because he saw this and he saw this and there was fear there. So God had to reassure him in order to get here, you got to remember, I'm with you. So be strong and courageous in that land of the unknown. This is scary stuff over here. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 4, he actually said, listen, we've never been here before. We won't know the way. Some of you have never been here before. Some of you don't even want to get here. Somebody comes up and asks you, hey, would you lead? Would you do something a little bit? Step up in the church. Would you serve a little bit? Would you give a little bit more? Would you become a leader? Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Why? Because I'm comfortable here. I'm really comfortable here. But can I suggest something? It's going to hurt. You're also dying here. And some of us have been in church for years. 
And we've been asked and challenged from this platform and some of us personally over and over and over. Hey, we want you to step into leadership. We want you to go into children. We want you to go to, to lead a home group. We want you to lead a Bible study. We want, hey, we need some leaders here. We, we desire, God wants you to step up, but mm-mm, uh, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Don't want me to keep you. Are you with me? God said, go here. I know you're scared. That's the land of the unknown. You've never been there before. But listen to me, church. If you want to go forward, if you want to play like a champion, then you have to be willing to step into the land of the unknown. You have to be willing today to step in. There's no GPS there. There's no maps there. Everybody wants to know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? It's unknown. God will show you the way. Be strong. He's already promised us. The prayer Paul prayed gave us the assurance. He will be inside of you. He will walk before you. This is where God wants you to be. But you don't think you can do it. God's already said, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Who strengthens you. <laughs> you know why Steph Curry puts that on his shoe? Because he didn't think he could do it. And yet he's a two-time NBA MVP. And every time he doubts, he doesn't go to his coach and say, hey, speak to me. Tell me I can do it. Tell me I can do it. No, he goes to the promise of God written on his shoe by a shoemaker now and looks at that and says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Now, let me say something to you, folks. If that can help him on a basketball court, God will surely help you in the church make a difference in the world. Are you with me today? You can do this. We become complacent in this second chair, and we begin to think this is the place to be. No, 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 no. It's not the place to be. That's the place to be. But here's a second reason why. You with me? Second reason why is this is also not just the land of the unknown. This is the land of the impossible. And man, we want to know how it works, don't we? (laughs) And if it doesn't seem like it can work, we're not sure we're going to go there. Joshua How many of you are familiar? Joshua had seen this land already when they were here. He spied on that land. He saw giants in this land. And 10 of his colleagues said, we can't do this. We are like grasshoppers to these people. Remember that? We we, we shouldn't do it. We should not go there. Those guys are like, Joshua, shut up. We can't do it. No way, man, no way. However, Joshua understood something. He understood that if you're going to cross from this line into this line, if you're going to get out of this second seat to get into this third seat, you have to change the way you think. You have to change that. You have to change the way you think. He actually said this in verse 5. He told up, he stood up and told the entire nation. He said, guys, consecrate. That means focus. That's why even today I stood up here and I said, hey, today I want you to put away everything that distracts you. It may be a practice that you need to do daily. Just throw away distraction. Focus. Consecrate yourselves. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord's going to do amazing things among you. Here's the problem. We're just not sure we believe that. We see it. We read it, but because we're so comfortable here, we're just not sure God will ever do it for us there. And he's promised that he would. But you have to focus. 
You have to feed your faith. Your faith has to come alive. It can't just be intellectual faith. It has to come alive. And for your faith to come alive, you have to feed it. Anything alive needs to be fed. Are you with me? If it's just laying dormant and dead, it doesn't have to be fed anymore. And that's most of us. We're sitting here just dormant. We're dead. We're comfortable. I don't have to feed that. So one hour a week or every two weeks, that's good for me. You got to feed it. It's got to come alive. You got to step into it. You got to take the risk. Faith is like a muscle. If it sits dormant, it doesn't grow. And God is asking you to put aside distractions. Step out in the court. Play with confidence. Now, I, I got to say this real quick, real quick. God is not asking you. This is the land of the impossible, but I, you need to understand. Let me teach for just a moment. Are you ready? Now, you know the difference between preaching and teaching, right? Preaching, I'm screaming. Teaching, I'm going to calm down just a little bit. That's all it means. <laughs> I won't teach you for a moment. The, God is not going to ask you to do the impossible. He's going to ask you to go into the land of the impossible. God is only asking you to do what you can do. This, this isn't on your notes, so you've got to listen with me. God is only asking you, can I give you an example? Moses. What's that in your hand? It's a stick. Can you throw the stick down? I can do that. God turned it into a snake. Moses, can you take that stick and hold it up in the air? I can do that. God removed this barrier. They crossed the line. Just by holding the stick in the air, open the Red Sea. Hey, little boy, New Testament, little boy, what's that you got? Oh, I just got a couple fish and some bread. Can you give that fish and bread to Jesus? Yeah, he blessed it. 5,000 people plus were fed. They didn't do the impossible. They just did what they could do. Are you with me? He's just asking you to do what you can do. And through you, the impossible will happen. And that's amazing. But you'll live here instead of there. But you have to do it. Your faith has to come alive. You've got to move off the court on, or off the stands onto the court. It's going to require some risk. It's going to look scary. But you can do this. So there's a third reason we stop short. We live in the land over here of negative responses. Negative responses. People will always criticize you for living your faith. And you know who's going to criticize you the most? People closest to you. They are. Whoa, you're crazy. You're crazy. Listen, as we as a church, your church team, your staff, we are doing some impossible things. It's like unknown right now. We're, we're building a new worship center, starting a new campus, just started a new service. You're part of it. That's crazy. It's impossible. It's unknown. But, and we've been criticized for it. Are you out of your mind? Yes, we're out of our mind. But we're just going to do what we know to do, and God's going to bless it. Amen? And that's what you have to do. We're just kind of leading that as an example. But there's going to be some criticism. That's why even when Jesus was walking on that water, remember that storm? Only Peter got out the boat. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but when Peter got back in the boat, because he was sinking, he got his eyes off Jesus. I'm kind of really narrating this thing. He got back in the boat. I believe that all 11 of those guys said, told you so. Couldn't do it. But he got out of the boat. You got to get out of the boat. Joshua and Caleb, when they came back from this little spy trip, and they said, we got to go here. Guess what all these people wanted to do to these guys for saying we have to go here? Stone them. Kill them. You will be criticized. 
The blessing is always on the other side of the line. (laughs) Always. You will be criticized, but you can't stop short. People will always, always criticize you. They're not going to be positive. Stop listening to people and believe that prayer we read this morning. Amen? Amen. Believe that prayer we read this morning, which takes us to verse number four, the last reason we stop short. This is also the land of sacrifice. Now, if you've heard nothing else I've said today, hear this. There is never blessing without sacrifice. But when you live comfortable, you don't even know when you got a blessing. Because there's never sacrifice. No blessing without sacrifice. So many of us today are living for success. Especially in this valley. We're living to succeed. I'm just telling you, I'm not sure God wants you to succeed. Success is overrated. Let me tell you what God's desire is for you. God's desire is for you to be significant, not successful. Why? Because many people have become successful and lost their purpose. Significance, the meaning of significance is to have meaning and to have purpose. You are put here to have purpose. You have a mission, and it is a purpose that God has breathed into your lungs with his breath, even as we sang this morning. And so many people, let me repeat, reach success and lose their significance. They just stopped there. Jesus told us about a person like that. He told us about a person like that in Josh, or excuse me, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, the story of a man the world calls successful. And the guy was so successful that he had so many things that he built bigger storage units to put all of his stuff in. Are you with me? You remember that story? And Jesus asked him to sacrifice, and the man couldn't sacrifice. And Jesus, even though the man had so much, and in the world's eyes he was so successful, guess what Jesus called him? A fool. Because he's not after success. He's after significance. And the beauty of that is in Matthew chapter 26, there was a woman who broke a bottle of perfume that was absolutely expensive. That was like the Bible says it was worth a year's wages. You know what she did with this perfume? She anointed the feet of Jesus with it. And the religious people in the room got irate. They're like, we could have taken this money and given it to the poor. We could have done ministry with this money. You know what Jesus called that sacrifice? Beautiful. And he said, from this point on, throughout all eternity, people would be talking about that sacrifice. Friends, we don't even know that woman's name, and she is significant. Not successful, but significant. And here we are, 2,000 plus years later, still talking about it. That's the legacy God wants you to leave. That's what God's calling the church to be. That's the influence we have through this prayer Paul gave us. But too many of us are stopping short. So I'm asking you today, as you put everything away, put it all down, put it in your lap, put it beside you. I'm asking you today. Where is your line? Where are you at? Some of you are here. You got to get the world out of you. See, you can get out of the world, but the world's still in you. You got to get it out of you. Some of you need to cross this line 
and start preparing today. Get involved today. Get in scripture uh, study. Get in small groups. You got to prepare so that you can walk in the fullness of God and what he has planned for you. Where is your line? Because I'm telling you, the blessing is always on the other side of the line. Some of you, there's freedom from addiction on the other side of the line. There's freedom from worry on the other side of the line. Some of you, the the other side of the line for you is right across the street to go speak to your neighbor. Some of you, the other side of the line, the blessing is to ask forgiveness for someone so you can live in the fullness of God. Some of you, the other side of the line is the other side of the world. You need to sacrifice and go on a missions trip at some point and see what God has in store for you. Some of you, the other side of the line is to accept Christ and let him infiltrate you inside and out. I'm just asking you, I'm just begging you, don't stop short. This prayer is powerful. You can live in this. Let me pray for you. Can I? While I do that, would you just put your hand over your heart this morning? Would you pray that God would do a significant work in you? If you need to get out of one of these places to get into this fullness, would you do that right now as I pray with you? Thank you, God. Thank you for speaking to us today. Lord, thank you for your love and grace and mercy that's new every day. Thank you for your promise and for this prayer that we seen today and Paul so sincerely gave us Lord fill our hearts with courage fill our hearts with inner strength God fill our hearts with a power that we can walk daily as warriors Lord get us out of the world's way of thinking Lord get us into preparation so that we can now live in promise for those of us God have stopped short Lord let us have the strength to go forward today In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, say it with me, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand clap this morning for what he's doing? Amen.